theyeshiva.net. So what was the last point we learned yesterday? You remember? Al-Tikr Shamas al The Gemara says in Brachas, in the first Perek, Brachas Dav Zayin, Dav Zayin Amit Beis, it says in Tehillim, Perek Memvav, L'chu chazu mif'alois Hashem asher som shamois ba'aretz. See the workings of Hashem who created desolateness on earth. So the Gemara says, Al Tikra Shamois El And the Gemara is actually trying to bring out that names, Shmokagarim, that names have significance. They they have meaning. They represent something. That's what the Gemara is talking there about, about the power of names, significance of names. So usually when we read in Chazal, Al-Tikri, don't read this, read this, it could seem a little strange, like, so you should have written that. You know, we say every morning, Al-Tikri Banayich, Ela Banayich. So write, Banayich. It says, Vayikri Shom B'Shem Hashem Kail Oilam, Al-Tikri Vayikri, Ela Vayakri. It says, Avram called out, it doesn't mean he called, he made other people call out. It wasn't he himself was calling. Vayakri, he influenced other people. So say Vayakri. Right? So it's not Stam. Um, it's like, okay, we we have a new interpretation so far. And I'll take to this. Well, I'll take I'll take Don't read it. We're used to it because you grow up with it. But what's it mean? The text says something. Don't read it this way. Read it this way. You're not saying it was a mistake, right? It's written that way. Al Tikra. The Pshat, of course, is it's much deeper than that. The Al Tikra is in order to get to the depth of what the word means, you have to understand the other dimension of the word. So, this is how you have to learn. Right? Al-tikri vayikri, el-vayakri, the pshat is, if you want there should be vayikra, you need the vayakri. There won't be a vayikra without a vayakri. So the Al-Tarebbe says, al-tikri shamas, el-shamas, it's not pshat, it's stam shamas. The, the, the pnimius of Shamus is Shamus. Right? The Chazal are saying Shamus doesn't just mean destruction. Shamus means Shamus. Because the beginning of Shmama, the beginning of the tremendous quantum leap between ultimate reality, which is pure infinity, and reality, which is defined by words and letters and descriptions and definitions, that's what Shamus are. On one hand, it brings out the extraordinary quality of Shemus, which is what the Gemara is saying, that a name captures something very real about a person. Like we spoke about Adam Arishan. The Pasuk says, Whatever Adam called every creature, that is his name, which is a very strange way of saying it. Obviously, whatever he called it. If you asked Adam, if Adam was the man to make names, so then... <laughs> Whatever he called it is the name, right? So the pshat is the shalak explains based on Medrash, a famous Noyam Elimelech in Parshas Lech Lecha. Rebbe explains it in many places based on the Magid. Hushmoi, that is his real name. <laughs> I can also call it a name, but Hushmoi, he tuned into the real shame. What's the real shame? The real shame captures and embodies the manifested energy when the neshama comes into the guf. The shame represents already. When the Ur of Hashem 
is concretized or, or consolidated or manifested in a way that it could fit the unique chemistry of that nivra. Not only it fits, as I said yesterday, it creates the chemistry of that nivra. So on one hand, Shemus is so real, it's so powerful. But the Gemara says, Al tikra shamus ele shamus legabe, the nekudas ha'emes of reality, it's called shmama. As he said, even the highest, what was his Lashon? Even the highest worlds is rak shmama negadatz mosiyiz baruch. It's desolateness when you're talking about the essence, the core essence. Let's continue inside. It's page 82, column 2, daf mem aleph amud dalad, mem aleph column 2, column 4, mem aleph column 4, on top it says bahar, and uh, the line starts shmama. It looks like 10, 15 lines from the top, shmama. This is a reference to another maimer in Bamidbar. Why is the highest world shmama? Because its consciousness, its vitality, its chiyus, is a reflection of names. As the Pasuk says, Ki Hashem We say it every day. This Pasuk at the end of a In you, Ki is the rock, the foundation of the world. So the Gemara says in Menachas, Tafchavtas, Ki b'ka tzurei lamim, elamim is two worlds. Be'yudke, be'yud nivra elam haba, chuli. Be'hei nivra elam haza. He does it, he finishes, chulis, etc. Finish for yourself. So the elamim comes from yudke. The yud is elam haba, and the hei is elam haza. So what does this mean? What's a name? We spoke about names as oisius, as letters that manifest the light. So you have the whole elam haba is defined by a yud, and the whole elam haza is defined by a single hey. V'zeu, according to all of this, he now comes back to the beginning of the chapter. He spoke earlier in Pedic Aleph that the world is Hashem's speech. Speech leaves you. It goes outside of you. It could also be misconstrued, you know, the telephone game. It could be misinterpreted. It takes on a life of its own. Machshava never leaves you. Machshava is always internal. It's intimate. Machshava is me processing me to me. Dibur is me processing me to you. Dibur always defi- Dibur um, is uh, Dibur uh, is based on the prerequisite that there's someone outside of me. That's what the whole Dibur is. I'm speaking to you. That's the function of speech. Communication. Communication with whom? When I speak to myself, I think. When I speak to you, thinking is not going to help. I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> You have to talk so that I know what you're thinking, right? Sometimes people want, to, I should understand what they're thinking. I don't know what you're thinking. And I also don't want to guess because I'll be wrong. <laughs> speak to Hashem. You speak outside yourself or into yourself? Excellent question. And the answer is there's two dimensions. There's the machshava of tefillah and there's the dibur of tefillah. And the truth is, even though the mitzvah is to speak, but the, the hefts of tefillah, the core of tefillah is the kavana, the, the state of mind, the state of consciousness. The Rambam says in Hilchus Tefillah famously that tefillah without kavana ain't a tefillah. It's not called a tefillah. So Chaim Brisker, in Chidush Chaim Alevi Al-Rambam asks that 
There's another Rambam in Hilchus Tefillah that only the first bracha, you have to have kavana b'diyevet, birchus avus. And then if not, you have to repeat it. But others, if you didn't have kavana, it's fine. And here the Rambam says, ain't it tefillah. So he says, there's trey gavne kavana ike b'tefillah. There's two different types of kavana. One is a kavana of pir shamilis. Parshat the words, the meaning of the words. The other kavana is not pir shamilis, not the meaning of the words. The other kavana is what we would call a state of consciousness that I'm in communication with the Rebbeinu Shalala. So without that, he says, ain't it tefillah, it's mechal not tefillah. <laughs> then there's the kavana of pir shamilis. So when you say the world is dibur, it's concretized, so to speak, at least in its own perception. The soul is machshava. And that's what he was saying earlier. It's even higher than the angels. At the end of Perek Aleph and the beginning of Perek Beis. The difference of Malachim and Hashemas. Malachim have a guf. Hashemas don't have a guf. They're not in Zman. They're not in Makam. They're not in space. They're not in time, etc. And therefore, nonetheless, he said, it says, So now he comes back. The one who creates the holy ones, which are the souls, are called Kedoshim, Yishtabach, Shimchalat, your name shall be praised. And that's generally the language in so many of the Tfilis and the Psukim, we praise your name, Yishtabach Shimchalat. Like we say in Yishtabach, Yishtabach Shimcha, Lo'ad Malkeinu. At the end of... Uh, of uh, Baruch Shamar, which is the beginning of Sukkot Zimra, Melech Meshubachim Afoyer Adeyat Shmoy Hagadol. So again, we ta- yeah, you pr- we praise your name. He says the diuk is your name. Yishtabach Shimcha. Shakol Aliyah Shel Bchinas Kedoshim Bchalim El Luchasel Ena Ele Bchinas Shimcha. We spoke that the Kedoshim praise you forever. Sela never stops. So all the Aliyahs, when we say praise, you remember what he said. Praising is not just compliments. Praising is basically levels of perception. Every day there's a deeper level of perception. Ganadin has alias ain't kates. So the praise here is not just I'm giving you compliments. Praise means I'm experiencing more of you, which is what, a compl- what real, real praise means. Real praise is not just hollow words. You're this, you're that, you're that. Yalaluch is because there's a constant aliyah. There's always a deeper experience, and therefore it's sella, it's forever. There's always an aliyah deeper and deeper. That's why it's sella. And that's why he said Ganadin doesn't have only two levels, like it says in Svadim, but it's Ein Ketz. And each level is a deeper experience of Ziv Hashchina. Nonetheless, it's all Bebchina's Shimcha. It's what? It's Yishtabach, Boyrik Doshim, Yishtabach Shimchalat. V'lechein Amar, Boyrik Doshim, Shemchina's Briya Me'ayin Liyash. And that's why, even though we explain that a soul is thought, it's not words, and the difference of thought and speeches. Thought is completely internal. It's never detached from you. Anashama is never detached from the divine. It's never detached from the divine perspective. It's, so to speak, it's rooted in Hashem's pnimiyas, without going outside, even in perception. That's a soul. It's always dveikas, always, always in, in a relationship, always attached. Like machshav, it's a levush pnimi. And that's why he says souls are eternal, just like this soul never stops with machshava. Still, the Lashon is boire. He creates Kedoshim. What does Briya mean? So the Ramban says in the beginning of Bereshis that whenever it says Bore in Lashon Kedosh, it represents Yesh Me'ayin. Yesh means something. Me'ayin means from nothing. Or as the English translators love writing in Latin, Ex Nihilo. Everybody's supposed to know what that means. Ex Nihilo. Yesh Me'ayin. So what's Yesh Me'ayin? 
Shebchinas briya me'ayinliyash. Kehineksiv, the Pasuk says, in Mishlei. Mishlei is Proverbs, Shleima Melech's book dedicated to wisdom, to Torah. So he says, V'hachachma me'ayin timotzeh. Literally it means, we are going to find chachma. Me'ayin, from where? Like, da me'ayin basa. V'hachachma me'ayin 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 timotzeh. We are going to find wisdom. It's not like you walk in the street and you find a watch, you find a pen, maybe you'll find a diamond, you'll find a hundred dollar bill. A credit card, hachachma, you're not going to find it on the street. <laughs> it's not just, you know, you go into the store, you have chachma, you find it. That's literally the Pashat Pshat. The Alter Rebbe here has a very famous uptouch in the Pasuk, different. Vachachma, me'ayin temotze. Not me'ayin temotze, me'ayin temotze. It's actually based on a Gemara in Saita, says that the prerequisite for chachma is the experience of ayin, humility. So he teaches here, Vachachma me'ayin temotze pirush, keishavus hachachma. Shehudesh is a shtalshlus me'ain saif baruchu, eina kemoyin shtalshlus me'achachma olamata, shudarech ilavalu. Big words. The emergence of chachma, which is the beginning of evolution. Shtalshlus means like a chain, an evolutionary chain. From ain saif is not like the evolution from chachma and further downward. Why? From Chachma and further downward is always Ilava Allah. Ilah literally means an antecedent, a cause, and Allah is like the child, the offspring, the effect. The seed of the apple tree is the Ilah, and the apple tree that is produced, that grows, is the Allah. So usually there's a process of Ilava Allah. We'll see how that works. That begins from Chachma. That process of ilav ha'olo begins from chachma. Chachma is the beginning of consciousness, so to speak. Chachma itself is me'ayin. And he explains. Kemoshel, to give an example, ba'adam. Take a person. She'yesh seichel midas u'machshave dibur ha'maysa she'meshtal shalom zamiza. In a person there's seichel. Seichel usually we define as awareness, there's midas. What's midas? Midas is awareness, but it translates into an emotional experience. That's what midas are. There's machshavah, there's thoughts, there's dibur, there's words, and there's mice. There's always an evolution, one from the other. They don't live in vacuums. What's pshat? The ila, the seichel, is gonna is gonna flow through and be manifested, be clothed in. It's gonna be clothed in. It's gonna use machshava as its garment. It's gonna express itself through thought. and the thought is gonna be manifested further in words, and the words will be manifested in actions and behaviors. What I say, what I do, what I don't do. The same is true with Seichel and Midas. It's not separate realities. One is really the other one in a just manifested form. What Dr. Rebbe is saying here is, every emotion is really a Seichel embodied in experience. You understand? Every emotion, we don't see it always that way because you have to be aware. It's being fueled by something. Every dibur, what's dibur? Words. It's not just words. 
Those words are a manifestation of certain thoughts that came out through the words. Not that all the thoughts always come out in all words. But there's a machshava that's coming out in the dibur, Like the apple tree that grows from the seed. It's a continuum of it. It's the child that continues the parent, the progenitor. The ilah comes out in the Allah. It's just another way of manifesting itself. So when a person is feeling something, a person is having an emotional experience, the Alter Rebbe says, it's the seichel. It's just now translated and morphed into a different type of sensation or a different type of experience. But it's rooted in a certain idea, in a certain awareness. There's an awareness that's producing this type of reaction. Why am I... Two people could tell you, two people could be told the same thing. Yeah. One person reacts in a certain way emotionally, and the other person reacts a different way emotionally. What, what happened? It's the same words. <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> two wives said the same thing to two husbands. <laughs> well, conversely. <laughs> I'm never reacting to what you said. I'm reacting to how I experienced what you said. That's important to understand. I'm not reacting to what you said. Of course, I'm reacting to what you said. I'm reacting to how I experienced what you said. How I experienced what you said may be very different than how you experienced what the other person said. What does it mean I'm reacting to how I experienced what you said? We always say, I'm reacting to this person. This person said this, this person did this, this person is this, and therefore I'm very emotional. True, but not true. I have to own it also. <laughs> I have to own it. This is already my piece. I have to ask myself, what happened inside of me when you shared these words? What happened? There was a process. My emotions are not born in a vacuum. <laughs> My emotions are not born in the This is is a very delicate there. Maisa comes from Dibu, Dibu comes from Machshava, this mid is the Seichel. It's how things are being manifested on different levels. But it's the same energy. There's the energy, the way it's in the world of Seichel, and then there's the way the energy is morphed and transported and develops and evolves into the world of Midas. And into the world of Machshav, and into the world of Dibur. And if you can always trace it back. What's behind this Misa? What's behind these words? What are the thoughts behind these words? What are the emotions behind these thoughts? What are the ideas behind these thoughts and words? What are the ideas? What are the, what are the values? What is the awareness behind all of these Machshavas, all these thoughts? That's what Ilava Allah means. It's one evolution that evolves one from another. Now, sometimes it gets very complicated. This is where, where you know, self-awareness is very important. And sometimes I need somebody's help for this because we're very, very biased. We're very, very subjective. We get very emotional. <laughs> and we're very invested in our certainty, in our, uh, in our comfort, in our emotional uh, orbits. In other words, if this is my emotion, this is reality. Yeah, it's my reality based on my experience of reality, based on how I interpret reality, based on how I perceive reality, which is based on what? That is the question. What is it based on? And what if it's based all on trauma? And what if it's all based on me misreading things? What if it's based on very deep fear or coping mechanisms or insecurity or terrible, terrible, you know, low, uh, uh, um, uh, erroneous perception 
of self, which is very denigrating, and everything now fits into that. I have to be able to be aware of these ilav alls. Ilav alul is a blessing to understand things don't are not isolated, and that means I have agency. That's the key. I have to own it. You're not responsible for my middas. I'm responsible for my middas. Not in a bad way, in a good way I'm responsible. Verstehst? It's not so easy to own because then the blame game stops. This is your piece. You said what you said. doesn't mean you're right. doesn't mean you're a tzaddik. doesn't mean you didn't make a mistake. But my piece is, what's the ilo? <laughs> what's happening? And what's my process? What's my... Huh? Word called trigger. Yeah, trigger is a good word. Why am I triggered this way and you're triggered this way? For me, this is a trigger. For you, it's not a trigger. That's a long process of ill of all. What's happening inside my system? Truth is, there's other... Yeah. So there's other maimadim. Alter Rebbe says that middas are higher than seichel. <laughs> middas come from a place that's higher than seichel. You remember we learned once a maimer shlach about middas and seichel, that really middas come from a much deeper place than seichel. In Kabbalah it says Zah comes from Atik and Chachma comes from Arich. So the truth is that Midas are rooted in a place that's deeper than Seichel. Because Midas, it's a whole, it's a, it's, it's a whole separate sugi, but the Nukuda is that Midas Be'etzem are rooted in a person's most innate primal drives which is beyond Seichel. It's not, I understand that this is who I should be, so this, this is who I am. And the seichel itself is affected by it. The seichel itself is affected by my primal drives, by who I am, and therefore how I see the world, how I understand the world. Uh, so, so it's very hard to translate midas. How do you translate midas? You add up the whole translation. It's hard because you have to know which midas. There's, there's so many layers of midas, you understand? So character traits can be very, very deep. That could be much deeper than seichel. Could be my my primal character traits are rooted. It's, it, it is a maimer. He says that it's rooted in etzem hanefesh. It's rooted in in a very, very deep place. This is who I am. <laughs> There's no arguing about it. You could you could give me a hundred lectures. This is who I am, and that's not a bad thing. You have to respect that. You have to honor that. That's that's you. That's that's your etzem hanefesh, and it's not bad. That's not bad. In the primal, primal space is a lot of innocence because ultimately it's a reflection of Ein Seif. No, that didn't happen, no. <laughs> There's a neshama, neshama has middas. And those middas are very deep. Yet in the process of consciousness, he always does seichel before middas. Because in consciousness, there's always an awareness behind the middah. Behind whatever emotion I'm having, there's a certain idea that's fueling it. Whatever the idea is. It could be a beautiful idea, it could be a gory idea, right? And it could be an idea that's completely distorted. But that's my idea, that's my way of viewing the world. And therefore translates into my emotional experiences, my emotional drives, my emotional experiences, and ultimately even my bodily experiences. Middas, right? Even my, my visceral, my visceral experiences, which is also a form of middas. You're having sensations. You're having a sensation. It's a real sensation. What, what, what is it? It's a manifestation of something. Well, the body keeps the score. Yeah? It's a manifestation of something. It's, it's telling you a story. There's a story behind it. So there's always that process of ilava'alo.
A real translation in English for the word midas, I don't know, <laughs> yet. <laughs> Virtues also. Innate drives, primal drives, the primal form of the soul. Values, what the person considers meaningful. That's what you mean. What the person considers meaningful. What are my priorities? Then there's middas, the way they push it come out as an emotional experience. You know, I'm very emotional about it. A person can be very, very angry. <laughs> a person, I'm laughing, but you know, <laughs> you push it, you're pushed angry. <laughs> it's not, it's not an idea. There's a real, very intense emotion. The person is very frustrated, very resentful, very lost, very sad, whatever the emotion is. Right. It's, it's, it's just important this to understand, the, to be aware of this process of ilava'alu. The Hebrew word for emotions. Rigashot, yeah. But rigashot, just, just capture one akuda, feeling, I'm feeling. You know, I'm feeling something. Hergish, feeling. But Idafke doesn't use that word. Sometimes he uses the, the word is middas. And the word middas is a very interesting word. The mid, word middas means a size, a measurement. And it says in one place, in one of the Maimonim, he says that every soul comes with a midah. It represents like the size of the soul. That's why you can't just get rid of your midas. Oh, just get rid of your midas. Break your midas. No, no, no. It's the size of your soul. I don't, I don't change my height every morning. Oh, change your height. Change the color of your eyes. The midah is like the color of the soul. It's like the size of the soul. You know, you need a foot that match. You need a, a, a shoe that matches your foot. Change the size of your foot. You don't do that. This is the mida. It's the, it's the, the, the midas represent, really, it's a very interesting word. It's the mida of the nefesh. And you have to respect the mida of the nefesh. This is the size of my soul. In other words, this is the disposition. We're not talking about size physically. We're talking about sizes. These are, these are the primal qualities of my nefesh. This is who I am. This is who I am. That's midas in the pnimius of mida. That's much deeper than seichel. The seichel is also defined by that. We learned Shlach Tavshin Tesvav in the summer. We learned a whole mimer analyzes this very, very deeply. But the Miraglim, the Machlekut, the Miraglim, Yeshua and Kalev, the Miraglim said you can't deal with Midas. <laughs> and Yeshua and Kalev, no, said you could deal with Midas through Moichem, which is Bittl. You remember we learned? Yet usually the Alter Rebbe says seichel and then Midas. Because the way that's expressed in consciousness, there's an awareness there's an awareness that is above. When I say above, it means it's like the Father. It fuels my emotional reactions and my bodily reactions, my visceral reactions. So that's why it's called ilava'alu. So he says, Vaiter. That's called yesh miyesh. The dibor is the machshave, it just comes out in words. And the actions come out in actions. The, the child hits his brother. There was an action. But that was a yesh miyesh. It wasn't a yesh <laughs> Could you find out what's the first yesh? What just happened? Is he feeling threatened? Does he need validation? What's this aggression about? There's, 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 there's tuning in. What's the yesh before the yesh? You just said something, right? What was there behind the dibur? You just thought something. Where did that machshava come from? It didn't come from a vacuum. Where did this thought come from? There's a yesh miyesh. It's not yesh mihayin. There's always a yesh miyesh. This is a humbling process because suddenly you learn that, you know, things, 
things were born somewhere and therefore they could also be distorted. So, so this is a process of yesh miyash. The whole process of, of therapy, of psychology, of psychoanalysis, in all its models and forms, much of it is this process. To go to the ilah before the Allah. And that ilah comes from another Allah, which comes from another ilah. To see the hishtalshalus in a person's soul, in a person's consciousness. How did we get from point A to point B to point C to point D? Right? But now there's something else. <laughs> and in a way it's much deeper. And what's that? He says, this is yesh miyesh. Velo yesh the klal of ilah v'alul is the alul chaps, the alul grabs. It's an articulation of the ilah. The ilah itself is nitfesis. Nitfesis means it's grasped and it's enclosed and manifested through the alul. The alul can give you the ilah. It, it concretizes the ilah in a lower space, in a more concrete space. The kachu, just like a child, is a continuum of the genes of the parents. The genes of the parents continue in the child. It's a manifestation. We carry the genes of our ancestry in a very real way. We say in davening from Tehillim. means even a sisa. The whole ishtashlus at all came from concealment, actualization from Chachma. It all started, everything was there in the Kuda of Chachma. Chachma is like the epiphany, the first spark of awareness, the first spark of consciousness. The Mishnah says in Prekayav is the fifth chapter, Hashem created the world through ten utterances. Because it says Vayoimer in Parshas Bereshis, ten Vayoimers. For the Gemara, there's only nine, and for the Gemara, Bereshis Nami Maimerhu. Bereshis is also a Maimer. <laughs> it doesn't. Bereshis, the first pasuk is also a Maimer. It's the it's the, it's the one. So the Alter says it says in Prekayavis Valoi BeMaimer Echad Yachali Baris. He could have created it with one Maimer. So he says, what's that Maimer? That Maimer is, yeah. Again, the way he charges doesn't mean he could have created it with one maimer. It means in that maimer, everything is there in a, in a way of yachal. It's in a way of potentiality. It's all there. It encompasses the nine. And this is also true down here below. When Hashem wanted to create the worlds, with one thought, all of the worlds were created. But they were created, Bederech Klal, it was a thought. You know how sometimes you have a thought, you want to build a home, or you want to build a company. In that one thought, you have the entire house, you have the entire company. To flesh it out may take 25 years. Right? Many of you, you have a thought. That one thought is everything, it's all there. By Hashem, it's not just a fantasy. That thought is, has all reality. And all reality can go back to that thought. It all begins with that machshava achas. That's the maimer. That's the bereshis. That's chachma. Kulam b'chachma sisa. It's all there in that nekud, in that nekud of machshava. Everything is there. It can all be traced back to that thought. All of reality is there in that machshava, in a, in a way of yachal. And therefore, v'zeh mashakas of bereshis bara, 
V'targum yoynesun b'chuchmesa. On the words B'reishas Barah, the Targum Yonason says, Targum Yerushalmi, Targum Yonason, says, B'reishas Barah B'chuchmasa Barah. With Chachmah he created. So the Al-Tarebbe Taishas doesn't just mean it was created with wisdom. Chachmah is the B'reishas of Barah. V'nifritu akach b'tes mamaraz b'sheishas yamam. Over six days it was fleshed out into nine utterances. From Chachmah, the other nine spheres. Avalis havus Chachmah me'en soif baruchu, hu yesh me'ayin mamesh. This is from Chachma below. But Chachma itself is called Yesh Me'ayin. Ha-Chachma Me'ayin Timotze. Li'oiz ki ein seif baruchu l'mayla mayla ein keitz m'bchinus madregus Chachma v'lochein k'deshi yis havus b'chinus Chachma zau b'chinus b'ri Yesh Me'ayin. Because the ein seif is not defined by Chachma. So even Chachma itself needs what's called a creation Yesh Me'ayin something from nothing. What does this mean? Ilava Alul can go up very, very far. But at some point, the first Ila and the last Alul are always connected. If you look at the seed of an apple, you don't see an apple tree. But you do see an apple tree. <laughs> if you look at sperm, at the seed of life or the egg, you don't see an, a, a person. But you do. Microscopically, you have there embedded on some level of potentiality everything that's going to be fleshed out. It may take years or generations, but it's all there in that machshava. In the first Elah, you have the last Allah, even though it may take thousands and thousands of years for the evolution to happen, but it's all there in the first Shairish. That's the Klal Yashmiyash. And therefore, you can trace back the last Nakuda to the first Nakuda. It's, 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 you know, the long domino effect. But ultimately, you can take it back to the first point from where it all developed. That's Yeshmeyesh. Yeshmeyayin is something else. Yeshmeyayin is a quantum leap. Yeshmeyayin means something from nothingness. In the nothingness, I will not find the potentiality for the somethingness. That's why it's called nothingness. The real translation is not nothingness, but no thingness. Because nothingness sounds like it doesn't exist. Here, ayin is the source of everything. It's no thingness. You can't find the properties of the yesh in the ayin. You get it? It's a completely different level of experience. Yesh mi yesh, the first yesh is very, very subtle. It doesn't have the properties of the last yesh. But ultimately, all the properties of the last yesh the home and all of its details can be traced back to that original plan of the, of the architect. Even though there's a huge, huge process and journey to get from the first to the last. But the first and the last have a common denominator because it's ultimately the prat that comes from the klal. The bereshes, the chachma, which then produces everything that comes afterwards. That consciousness. But chachma itself is me'ayin timotze. Vosay is me'ayin. It comes from Hashem. Hashem is not nothing. No thing. You're not going to find the yesh in the ayin. Why? Because there is a quantum leap from ayin to yesh, from nothingness into somethingness. It's not like you'll go back, 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 you'll see it over there. Because ayin is a completely different nature of reality. No thingness. It's not defined. By any yesh. Even Chachma, he says, doesn't capture Ein Saif. Ein Saif is infinitely even beyond Chachma. In other words, the very definition of consciousness, Chachma, even the epiphany, the spark of wisdom, Chachma is usually that first epiphany, that's already an akuda of yesh. 
Where did Chachma come from? Me'ayin Timotze. In a person you see it also. Right? You have a dilemma and then suddenly you have a spark, an epiphany. A spark, like a lightning goes over, what do they say? The light bulb goes off in your head. A brainstorm. Literally like a light bulb, right? The light goes on. Where did that come from? You can't identify where that came from. How do you get to the pre-chachma? It's, it's, um, it's an akud of ayin. It's not readily in con- it's it's not ready it's not consciousness from one place to another place from one level of awareness to another level of awareness from seichel to midas machshava debra It's a dogma for yeshmeyayin because I don't have access to it. Once I have an idea, I could develop it and I could talk about it and I could write it down. But where did that idea come from? Ah, huh? <laughs> iCloud, the iCloud. Well, of course it came from somewhere, but that somewhere doesn't have any definition that we can identify it and say, ah, look at the common denominator. It comes from a source that's not defined by thingness. Now that source has the capacity for the yesh too. The ayin doesn't exclude the yesh. The ayin can produce a yesh. But the yesh eclipses the nekud of ayin. That's where there is a quantum, quantum leap from the ayin to the yesh, from no thingness to thingness. A person has that, that, uh, that sudden spark, that sudden idea. It doesn't readily tell you its source. That source is above consciousness. Here you have the concept, you call it today subconscious or superconscious. What's that superconscious? Not that it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist as a thing. I have no tfis in it. It's not defined as a yesh. I can't grasp it or look at it. And from there, from that ayin, ayin it comes from that nekud of ayin. And from that nekud of ayin comes a new yesh called chachma. And that leap is an infinite leap. It's, an, it's a leap from ein soif, because he says ein soif can't be defined even as chachma. So for there to be chachma from ein soif, from Hashem himself, who is not defined even by Chachma, even by wisdom, by awareness, by consciousness, that's called Briya Yashmei. It's a little clear or not really? The ultimate Yesh. The Ayin is the real Yesh. <laughs> Chachma could take me to very deep places, but then Chachma stops at the Ayin and says, now you have to let go. Because <laughs> the properties of consciousness will not capture the Ayin. They also come from, everything comes from the ayin. But it's the way the ayin is concretized in some form of chachma, some metzias, even a very abstract and transcendent metzias, but there's metzias. And, 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 and ayin is not defined by metzias. And it's not defined. The moment you define it, it's already not ayin. It's, that's why we say it's a yesh ayin. It's a chiddush. And that leap is one of the biggest leaps that requires the, the, the extraordinary reality that we call tzimtzum. That's why the middas that are higher than Seichel, yeah, why doesn't he mention it? Why is that not Ilava'alu? Because that belongs to the realm of Ayin in a person. That belongs to the realm of the person that's not tangible. It's not concrete. It's even hard to get there with consciousness. Because it's a place of Ayin. It's not defined by a thing. No thingness. And that's at the core of every Yesh. So Yesh me Yesh. There's an evolutionary process from one yesh to another yesh. Yesh me'ayin 
It's not an evolution that the ayin evolved into yesh. Something happens that's a radical rupture in the no-thingness of ayin that suddenly reality takes on a shape, a definition, even a spiritual definition. That's a radical rupture in the process. And as we learned before, quite a traumatic one. Ah? Ilav Allah means cause and effect, where the effect is born from the cause and it's a manifestation of the cause. Like thoughts and words is the most practical. I think, I prepare an idea, and then I say it. My words are my thoughts. They're just concretized in words. It's a process. From thinking you don't have a speech, you need to prepare words. But it's machshava and dibur. And the same is true in all ilav alos. Ah? Chachma bin Adas, you're saying. Chachma bin Adas is also ilav yeah. Chachma is the epiphany, and bin is the development, and das is the emotional application, yeah? Yeah, that's always ill, that's ilavol, chachma bin adas. That's all from chachma. And that's dasarim amoris. But chachma itself is me'ayin timotzeh. That's what he says. It's not called ilavol. And therefore, the question is how does a person have access to ayin? He, he went as a through yesh miyesh. The few says you could spend your whole life on ilavol, it's also ganz good. To figure out the machshavas in this, <laughs> but they said yesh me yesh meila. But yesh meayin. Now you have to go to yesh meayin. You're right. If you try to figure out, it's not ayin. In other words, if it's, if it's going to become another machshav, it's not ayin. You're right. The the rupture between ayin and yesh is a radical one, because it's not the system developed. No, it's a different pchina. You understand? It completely, the yesh threatens to destroy the whole metzius of ayin. The yesh denies ayin. Yesh says, I exist because I'm called in existence. And ayin says, sorry, sorry, I don't know. Don't be immature. (laughs) But that's where reality begins. And that's the rupture of Shemus. Shemus is yesh. That's the nekudah. Let's finish the paragraph, Mamash. After, After the parentheses. He creates Kedoshim. Pirush. He explained that Neshamas are called Kedoshim because they're not Dibur. They're Olubamachshava. In other words, they come from Pnimias, they come from Olavusha Pnimi. They're eternal. They're always there with the soul. They're completely divine. There's no gulf. There's no separation. It, 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 it's you yourself, Machshava. Right? It's always a friend of Seichel. A friend means it's always inseparable from Seichel, which means it's never separate from the divine. The Neshama experiences the world from a divine perspective. That's why to have a Neshama is complicated, right? <laughs> if you don't have a Neshama, if you're not in touch with your Neshama, you could experience the world not from a divine perspective, but a Neshama is the experience of the world from a divine perspective. He says, Emes, and all the souls come from Chachmeilah, the highest Chachma, which is called Kaidish, and that's why they're called Kedoshim. Mamlech is Kayanim, Vigai Kaddish, Yisrael, Am Kedoshim. Vishimcha Kaddish, Ukedoshim, that's all Emes. Ukamaya ben, she is a Vosim Abchinis Mayachav, like a child 
who comes from the very source of consciousness of the Father, from the brain, from the mind of the Father. The Gemara says, En kishi elaladas. The procreative substance is rooted in maya cha'av, in awareness. En kishi elaladas. There's some form of das, some form of attachment, excitement and passion that ultimately produces the procreative substance, the seed of life, where a child comes from. Spiritually also, a child is rooted in the very source of consciousness of the parent. Mayachav, it's called. The very brain, the very mind of the parent. In other words, they're not, a child is not an external accomplishment of a parent. An artist makes a piece of art. The Gemara says, Adam chas al People have compassion for what they create. You invested work in a business. You invested time and money and resources and somebody destroys it, it's very painful. A person has a, a piece of art or whatever type of production they create and then it gets taken away. It's painful. But you can't compare it to what happens to a child. Why not? You could say, well, the art, mainly the mother carried the child for nine months. She worked hard. The father gave a little contribution and poop. And the answer is, the piece of art he invested... <laughs> who knows how many years it gets destroyed it's painful but it's not like a child why the answer is that's what he's saying a child is rooted in a much deeper place of atzmius my work is also comes from me but it's like dibur it's, it's more chitzonius it doesn't mean I didn't invest a lot I invested a lot of energy but it doesn't capture it doesn't embody my essence that's why people will do things for their child they won't do for themselves. You know, you, you, you sometimes watch things happening to your child, and even if for yourself you'll forgo it, but not for my child. Why? You love your child because you love yourself, so why shouldn't you do the same thing for yourself? And the answer is because the child represents something in the parent that's deeper than what the parent represents to the parent. You understand? Your child captures a certain part of you that's deeper than the you that you process to you. And somehow you see it in your child. For me, I forget. The child, no, no, I'll never let this happen. Why? <laughs> Fakert. If it can happen to you, it can happen to him. He's just an extension. No, no, he's not an extension. Lepoil is an extension, but it's rooted in, that's what he means, it's rooted in mayachav, it's rooted in the, in the deepest form of consciousness. That's all true. Nonetheless, it's called, so that's chachma. But this nekudah in the neshama is still called a briah, which is yeshmeyayin. It comes from names, your name. Praise your name. Why? What's a shame? A shame is what? The way ayin comes into yesh. Remember, what's the name? A name is a definition. A name is letters, oisius. A name is yesh. A name is always capturing the light in a particular form so that it can be communicated. That's what a name is. The frequencies of light that resonate with the recipient. It's not the ain't soif without definition. That's why there's a name. That's why we said the soul itself doesn't need a name. When the soul comes into the body, the name captures that kesher. So a name represents the way the oy is filtered and condensed in a way that it's manifested in yesh. And that begins with chachma. Chachme me'ayin timotze. Chachme itself comes from a place of ayin. Ayin doesn't have a name. If it has a name, it's not no thingness. It's a thing. 
So Bamela even Kedoshim, which is the deepest level of Machshava, but it's Oisius, it's a name. That's why Yishtabach Shimchalad. It relates to the experience of the name. That's what the Neshama relates to. Even though it's so divine and so holy. And that's why it's Boire, it's Boire Yashmeyaya. So he says, And that's why the way the Neshama is before birth, which is Machshava of Hashem, is Moiridik, but it's Fart Boire, it's Boire Yashmeyaya. So the soul comes into the body, and that yirida, that quantum leap of coming into the guf is aliyah for the soul itself, for the soul to experience an aliyah even deeper than the state of the soul pre-birth. He asked at the end of Perek Aleph, you have such a soul, what do you have to send it down to a, to, to a, a hard world? Go through the ringer, what do you need it for? When you understand what the neshama is, you have to have empathy for a person. You have to have empathy for yourself. Like he said in Pei Dekalev, Because Rachmanus always depends on how much dignity you give the person. I don't look at an ant and I say, Rachmanus on this ant, it crawls on the floor all day. Rachmanus on the squirrel. That's the squirrel. But when you see the prince, like Reb Nachman's story, when you see the prince, you know, under the table, decided he's a chicken, you have Rachmanus. Because it's the gulf, it's the descent that triggers empathy. Empathy always comes from understanding not just the challenge, but also the potential. If there's no potential, what's the Rachmanus? What's the compassion? And the deeper the potential, the more the compassion when the potential is not realized. So when you understand what the Neshama is, so why did Ataka go down? So he said at the end of Pedek Aleph, it's Tzorich Aliyah. So he started Pedek Beis. What's this Aliyah? So he went into the whole Arichis of what a Neshama is versus a Malach. And then the levels of Aliyah, but it's all in Shimcha based on what Shem is, what Oyr is, the whole Arichis, which is why it says, So now finally we understand the Neshama came down for an Aliyah. What's the Aliyah? How could it be greater? The answer is, because f- f- after everything said and done, it's Boyre Kedoshim. It's a Briya Yeshmeyayin. Meaning it comes from names. And that's why it praises the name. It's in tune to the name. That's it's Even in the highest level of Ganeidin, it's still shame, which is Shmama, which is desolateness. Because it's Yesh. And then the Aliyah is a different type of Aliyah. It's a whole different Aliyah. The Aliyah is to be able to go, so to speak, above the Yesh. To go to Ayin. Like you said, the way back. So now the next Pedic is, so how does that Aliyah, <laughs> how does that Aliyah work? So it's funny that for the Aliyah from Yesh to Yesh, the Altarebbe gave like three, four lines to go from Maisa to Dibur, Machshav, Midas, Seichel, in Seichel itself to go back to Chachmach. <laughs> The whole psychology revolves around that, right? <laughs> right. So, as he's going to bring out the whole purpose why the neshama came down is to access the ayin. Yeah, the, the word is not access. Because access means, you know, like I access you, and uh, you know, 
I, ra- I wrap myself around you and I have you. So that's Vaita Yesh. That's the radical leap. Now the Yesh me Yesh, the first Yesh and the last Yesh are a good Shidduch. It could take 10,000 years, it could take 100,000 years, but it's, it's the same. You know what I mean? And the Ezo Chachma Reyes Hanoilad, right? Chachma, in Chachma you have the whole future. You, you can see already what's going to happen. You have to have the right tools. And not everybody could see in, in, in a seed the future, but, but, but it's all there. If you put it under a microscope, you'll see the whole process. Huh? The business plan, yeah. But even in the first machshava, you have it all. Yeah. If it's a real machshava, you have it all. Yeah. Business plan is already an alul. Yeah. So even the last yesh and the first yesh are very close in that sense. Maybe not in time, but in quality, there's a common denominator because the properties can be identified in the first one, at least in a state of potential. I'm not saying in a state of actuality. You don't have an apple tree and a seed, but the potential is all there. Right, you don't have a full-fledged adult in, in an egg in an embryo, but the potential is there. It has to be developed, but it's a process of development. Yesh me'ayin is not a process of development. It's not like if the ayin will develop more and more and more, it's going to turn into yesh. You cannot identify the yesh in the state of the ayin because the ayin and the yesh, the gulf between them is an infinite gulf. Why is it an infinite gulf? Because the definition of yesh is somethingness. It's defined by a thing. Definition of ayin is no thingness. So if it's no thingness, you're not going to be able to identify the properties of thingness in ayin. So the yesh comes from ayin, but the way yesh comes out of ayin is in a way that it completely eclipses and denies, right, its source. It doesn't say, I have a source. Alul says, I have a mother, I have a father, I come from somewhere. Look where I come from, and I'm a continuum of that. Yesh doesn't tell you I'm a continuum of ayin. Because <laughs> he's not a continuum of ayin. It's a radical, radical departure from the state of no thingness into the state of yesh. But reality is really in ayin, not in yesh. Yesh is post-simtsum. It required a simtsum to get from ayin to yesh. That simtsum changes everything. That's the ayin. Huh? Yeah, so when you say mitzah, the ayin, the yesh is nothing, it doesn't mean the yesh is nothing. It means, because the yesh comes from the ayin. <laughs> I'm saying the yesh comes from the ayin. But the yeshes of it, the yeshes of it, you're not going to identify in the ayin. In the ayin, it's ain't soif. It's just all ain't soif. Because ayin is ain't soif, it can also produce a yesh. The ayin is not afraid of the yesh. It can produce a yesh, but it's not its ain't soif. But the yesh doesn't capture anymore that mucker, that source. It's not an olo. Yeah. The ultimate ayin means da, dame ayin bosa. You come from ayin. The one who wrote the program, yeah. Yeah. Our life on the planet is a development of that program. It's an actualization of that program. Yeah. Right? By the way, this is a very interesting thing. And the program is Isis. That program is concretizing the plan, the vision into Isis, into Chachma.
It begins with Chachma and then it develops. Like you have it also with a child. You know, you have the egg and the seed, which gives you a one cell, and then that cell is an akuda, but from that cell comes huh? another cell, another cell, and then in the trillions, it replicates. The replicative gene. So how did the soul taka learn to replicate itself? Who wrote that program into the program that it can replicate itself? According to them. But I'm saying, who wrote that program that the soul, that the cell can replicate? But even before the replication, who even wrote the program for the first cell? I mean, the complexity of the first cell is astounding. Beyond astounding. It's mind staggering. It's a quantum leap. It's a quantum leap. So who, so before replication, who, who, who created the program for the first cell? By itself. By itself. Okay. Huh? Yes, may I? The truth is that this explains a little bit of, of what Yesh Mayayin does. Because the leap from Ayin to Yesh is so radical, so the Yesh could look up and say, I don't know where I came from. Ayin. Because <laughs> it came from no thingness. They're looking, they want God to be a Yesh. Yeah, so, I, w- I want the structure. I want to see the structure. And I want to be able to identify myself in, in, the, first, in the first source. And that's, uh, yeah, we all want that. It, it, it's very nice. You know, give me that, that process and show me the, you know, give me the linear, the, what's called the linear process from the beginning to me. The chain, yeah, the chain of events. And I could find myself in the beginning of that because it's, it shares those properties. But the emphasis is that the shayrish, the source is ayin. That last link. It's no thingness. So it's not going to show up in your laboratory. It's not going to show up in your imagination of how the properties work. That's why the ayin didn't have to be created. Everybody says, who created? They always say, if everything needs a creator, the cell. So who created God? Who created the cell? Huh? Yeah. So you have to go to the place of ayin. Ayin doesn't need a creator. Ayin is not defined by a property that needs a creator. It transcends matter, transcends space, transcends time, and transcends even description and definition, even spiritual definition. So uh, there is that element where I don't see ayin. Of course you don't see ayin. It's a quantum leap. So it doesn't exist. So that's really, it's, it's a form of immaturity. In other words, I want basically God should uh, be able to be contained in my lab. Well, it's so if this is true about the whole creation, so it's also true about the person. That even though so much of our work is in other words, to go deeper and deeper, to understand the source, which is like the science within the person. I want to understand the laws of nature. So this happened, the apple fell to the ground because of the laws of gravity. So I'm always going and trying to find the patterns of nature. And then I go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in terms of chemistry and in terms of physics. So this is caused by this, and this is caused by this, and this is caused by this. At some point, the person has to recognize that there's going to be that gulf between the yesh and the ayin. So in a person also, even though there's so much of the avoid of ilo v'olul, 
But ultimately, to really get in touch with your own essence is going from a place of yesh to a place of ayin. And there the entire language has to change. Not only it has to change, there's no language anymore. Yeah. So any language, even the highest form of language, poetry, silence, music, it's all part of Shemus. And that's Shamais, that's already a, a desolate, uh, that's already a Shmama. That's already eclipsing. What's, what's Shmama? Shmama means it's, 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 it's destruction. It's, it's, it's havoc, meaning, yeah, it, it completely, when something is destroyed, it doesn't reflect its, its, its pattern, its theme. Yesh, in its highest place, is shmama legabe the ayin. Because it doesn't capture the ayin. So it's shmama. You say, you know, this house before the fire used to be a beautiful house. And now, all you see is rubble, debris, ashes, a khurban. It, 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 it doesn't capture the, the beauty, the glory, the, the theme, the, the structure, the organization, the order, etc. So that's what he's saying. Even the highest place, Chachma is an Indian of Shmama. Why? Because it doesn't capture the Ayin. It turns the Ayin into a Yesh. Huh? Yeah. So Legabe Ayin, it's all Shmama. It's just desolate. That's very sad. That's the Rachamecharab. That's the Rachamim. And that's the whole concept of the Neshama coming down, to be able to go out of the Shmama, to go out of the name. Right? To be able to transcend your name. So that's a very. So a person has to understand this that the highest level of Yash is Shmama because it captures nothing of the Ayan. Nothing. Not like it captures 10%, 5%, 1%, a quarter of a percent. No. <laughs> because its very definition already is a rupture from ayin. Its very definition, not because it's telling you not nice things. The definition of yesh is already a, a, an infinite departure from ayin. Well, it's sad in the sense of reality, he's saying, of truth. But on the other hand, it gives me a Yeah, the ayin wanted the yesh, yeah. The yesh is not a mistake. What, yeah. what, what better thought you can have? Yeah. Like, Rebbe wants me because I exist. That means that he wants yeah. to exist. Yeah, Zog's good. The ayin wanted the yesh. Yeah. It reveals his thought, which is like, I should be so special. Oh, so we'll see. He's going to get back. In Peirik Dalit, he gets back to Shabbos. He started off with Shabbos, as Shabbosai, two levels of Shabbos. So after Peirik Gimel, which discusses the Aliyah, he goes to Shabbos, which is Pedig Dalet. Yeah. So, so when you speak about Midas, again, that's what I'm saying, the word Midas is a very nuanced word. You have to know what level of Midas. There's so many different aspects of Midas. You know, when a person says... I feel I should do this. I feel I should do it, right? What does that mean? I feel I should do it. It needs good, you have to have the context to know what that means. I feel I should do this. There's a feeling as, Pashat, a physical feeling. Like, I'm feeling, I feel it in my chest, I feel it in my heart. I'm feeling a tangible emotion in my body. You know? I'm feeling heavy, I'm feeling nervous, I'm feeling anxious. Right? I'm feeling a very positive feeling. I'm feeling light. So that's like a feeling like 
It's really a tangible feeling, and that's that's an olol. That's that's manifesting an energy. It's manifesting a thought. It's manifesting a value. It's manifesting an inner state. That's one feeling. When a person says, "I feel I should go to the wedding," or "I feel I should do this," it's not a feeling in my body. Forget, I'm exhausted. I don't feel anything. I feel I should go is really a value. It's what I believe. It's it's a priority. It matters to me, right? It's something I understand. My my mind says this is the right thing to do. It's, uh, I I feel like I don't want to go. I'm exhausted. But I feel like I should go. <laughs> well, you said you feel. And the answer is it's not a steer. One is my experiences. My body says, no, no, don't go. You're tired. Right? But I have a, a, a value or a priority or a, a, an understanding and awareness that this is really the right thing. And I, and I feel it. <laughs> I feel it's the right thing. In other words, it's deep. Even though it's not manifested, Right? So when a person says, I feel, you have to know exactly what they're talking about. Right. But generally speaking, when we say midis, what it seems to be saying midis here is the experience of something. I'm pushing feeling it. There's a sensation. I really feel it. Huh? And that's an olul of something. That's always an olul of something. It's manifesting a thought. It's manifesting an idea. It's manifesting a perspective. It's an olul of seichel. And the seichel is... So Seichel and Midas is really one. It's just expressed in a different format. Seichel expresses it. Seichel expresses it in a format of intellect. And Midas expresses it in a format of experience. A visceral experience. But it's the same thing. One is Ila, one is Olul. And the Olul is the Ila. The Olul manifests the Ila. It embodies the Ila. It's a continuum of the Ila. It's Yesh Miyesh. It's the way the Ila develops into a new Ila that comes from it. You understand? It's not a separate mitzvah. It's it's a direct result of it. It's born from it, and it's a continuation of it. It's not yesh me'ayin. In the seichel, you could see the mid, and in the mid, you could see the seichel. Sometimes it takes a lot of work. You have to go up. You have to climb a long ladder. But that experience that I'm having, it's not born. It, it, it it's manifesting something. There's a certain idea that's sitting in me. There's a certain uh, experience that created an idea that's sitting in me. Right? Huh? There's certain thoughts that are here. And it could sit in my body in a very, very deep place. And it could become entrenched there. And there's a lot of different ways of dealing with it, you know? If you eliminate the ilah, will the alul be eliminated? That's a good question. Does the alul assume a life of its own? <laughs> right? Does the alul assume a life of its own? It's easier to work with it first. Right. But sometimes the alul becomes, it assumes a life of its own. So you have to work with the alul. You can't just work with the ilah. I'm saying it's, it's, a, it's a dakas dekenyan. You know, there's a forms of therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. So you're trying to go back to the ilah in order to heal the alo. So that can be very powerful. It can be very effective. But there's also other inyanam. Sometimes you have to deal with the alo. I can't just deal with the CBT. 
And if there's trauma on a level of ayin, so then CBT is worthless. You understand? If the if the trauma happened on a level of my subconscious, so it's an, I don't have access to that. You understand? So it's a whole different process. How do you get out? How do you release it? That's a dugma of ayin. I mean, ayin, ayin in the sense of my subconscious, my superconscious. I don't have access to it. It's not an intelligent experience. I know sub is below, super is above. <laughs> super is like keser. Super is a better word. Keser is associated with ayin. There is a name for it. We'll see a little later. There's a name for it because, yeah, even ayin is a name because when we talk about ayin, we give it names, unfortunately. But what are we supposed to do? <laughs> when we talk about ayin, we talk about something that we shouldn't be talking about. Ain't a chaname. That's the point. Yeah. It's called Vivas because it's like measure. So in my head, was always, can one affect it or not? Yeah, for sure. For sure, but... Was we can, we can affect the midas, but we have to respect the dimensions of the midas. So that means that the person could be born with a huge. Uh, yeah. How we harness the mida and how we intensify the mida. But ultimately, midas in its source is beyond ilava alal. It's midas are rooted in a place that's beyond seichel. In a way, it was given. It says the midas come from keser. There's Midas Lamaila Mehaseichel, they come from Keser, from Atik actually. And uh, and our Midas are manifestations of them. But the way it's processed is through the conscious process of Seichel and Machshava and so forth. You mean they activated through the Chabad? Yeah, they're activated through the Chabad and they're filtered through the Chabad and they're often impacted through the Chabad and expressed through the Chabad. But rooted always above Chabad. Always. They're rooted in, Midas are rooted in Ayin. Because Midas represent um, my primal, primal self. It's not an understanding of reality. It's who I am. And who I am in its core transcends any rational explanation. We have a therapist, he told me, Reb Moshezev told me once that uh, he says, when a patient comes and he says, you know, I'm feeling this way. So he says, why are you feeling this way? Because of this. But why is this important to you? Because of this. But why? Because of this. So as long as he has explanations for why he's feeling this way, he knows that he didn't hit the spot. Because it's the world of Seichel. It's the world of Ilava'al. He says, and then it comes a point, it could take nine months. And he says... But why is this important to you? You know, why does this bring up so much bitterness or anger or loneliness? And he said, and the man sheds a tear, or the woman sheds a tear and says, this is who I am. I hit the spot. This is who I am. Huh? The essence. That, that, that's, that's Kesser. That's, that's, that's already more, that's Ayin. Yeah, that's me. But why? You're asking good questions. It's completely irrelevant. 
Not it's irrelevant because I'm not a rational person. I'm a very rational person. For nine months I spoke logic. But then there comes a point of midas that are lamaylam in You know, in Kabbalah and Jewish philosophy, there's always the question, why Hashem created the world? Why? Why did Hashem create the world? This reason, that reason, this reason, a lot there. I'm chalim. I'm a Kabbalah, ma. So, so they once asked Al Terebbe. So Al Terebbe said, he says, it says in Medrash, Nisava Kadishbaruchu Liyas Laydiribitahtayanam. Nisava. Afataiva is Kinkashanisht. On a taiva, there's no question. <laughs> so, so, so what, 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 was, what was he saying? He was saying something, not some, uh, you know, a humorous anecdote. The whole Samachvav is based on this answer of the Al-Tareb. The whole Hemshech Tafir Samachvav from the Rebbe Rashab is based, uh, based on this, this Vart from the Al-Tareb. The Vart is that the Al-Tareb was saying, as long as you're asking why, you're not hitting the spot. It's a good question. But the why also has a why. And the why also has a why. And that why also has a why. And then you're going to hit a point, but why? And then says, this is who I am. At the core, a person is not a mathematical equation. At the core, you're not a why. <laughs> At the core, you're not a why. The why is only once the program was written. Once once the ayin made a yesh, now there's a why. Now there's a program, there's a system. But why the system? I don't know why. It's not, I don't know because I'm stupid. Because the very why is, the pro, is part of the program. The program of Yesh, the program which begins the process of Yesh, and Yesh Miesh, the program developing, the cell replicating itself, based on a code, based on a rhythm, based on a theme, based on a dance, based on a vibration, based on sequence, that's all Yesh Meyayin. So once you hit the Yesh, Kulam B'chach Masisa, gate. It's a beautiful flow, and it's logical, and there's sequence. But you're not touching the essence. You understand what I'm saying? Huh? So when the person stops saying, why, <laughs> this is who I am, that's already on the Kud of Midas, That's the primal, primal state, yeah. And that's already Mushrish and the Etzim It's important to ask why. It's very important because that, that's at the core. But the way it's manifested in a person's conscious life is, that's coming out in my emotional experiences. My emotional experiences and sensations are rooted in that. But to get from there to my actual emotional experiences, I have to go through the histalshalos of seichel, of chachma, bina, das. You understand? And my thoughts, because it's my, it's my way of processing the world and processing experiences. Right. How did I understand and experience my mother or my father? or the people in my life, or myself, or the different experiences in my life. Everything gave me certain awarenesses, certain experiences, my experiments, my experiences, my interactions. And they create ideas, they create ideas about the world, they create ideas about me, which creates so many types of thoughts. And my midas, even though they're a reflection of my innermost drives, but if I have learnt that my innermost drive cannot be revealed to the world. It's too dangerous. It's not safe. So my bodily sensations and middas are going to experience terrible, terrible withdrawal or fear when I'm facing a situation where my ultimate primal drives may be revealed. 
So that's where the seichel is so powerful. Because my way of looking at the world and my way of processing the world and my way of understanding the world and my various thoughts about the world are going to inform the middle. So in Shairish, in Source, you can always go to the primal drives. But the way it's all coming out is through the Ilah, through Ilah and Allah. And that's why there's two, there's two processes of growth. One is Yesh Miyesh and one is Yesh Mihai. Yesh Miyesh is within the orbit of Ilav Allah. Yesh Mayayan is already outside of the orbit of Ilav Allah. There's also an atheism that comes because, you know, it challenges a comfort zone. If I was created by a purposeful creator, that means there's purpose. That means I have to ask what the purpose is. That means I may have to challenge myself. That means I may have to create borders. That means <laughs> there may be boundaries that I don't want. So it's it's challenging, you know? It's much easier to dismiss any purpose if we're just a random uh, mutation. So whatever is, is. But the truth is, a depression creeps in. An emptiness creeps in at the core. Because at the core, it's empty. Ayin as a nothing. <laughs> Not ayin as a no thing. Ayin as a, so there's a depression that creeps in. There's a a certain, and also a shallowness. Because there's no truth to attain. The tr- there's no truth. Everything is just random. It's a mistake. If there's a truth behind it, if there's a mitzi- uh, uh, That's why in America, the world caves in on them after all the fun. Then there's also, so there's a form of atheism that comes from that. There's also, I, I think I once read an article, there was a professor who wrote, I think a Harvard professor. I, I, I read somewhere, years ago, he wrote that, I have to admit that all of our research was done with a deep desire beforehand to prove that there's no God. <laughs> it was, I had to give him credit. It was such a uh, vulnerable confession. <laughs> He said, I still think we're right, but I'm just saying there was there was a there was a desire. And I, I wanted a certain result, you know. I wanted to be honest and scientific, but I wanted a certain result. But Derechal, if you want a certain result, you're gonna have confirmation bias. Then there's also an atheism that comes from anger and pain, you know. If the experience of life has been so painful for me, so there's a coping mechanism just to say it was all a mistake and in a way, I could, you know, live with less anger, at least in my own imagination. Yeah. Okay. V'yesh l'harich b'zah. We'll continue Be'ezah Hashem tomorrow. Lina din. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.